Ah, you made it. I'm so thrilled. podcast this is episode 17 and i'm your host dustin and as always we have with us hi this is chris and this is apple and this is the batman universe podcast so let's just start off going right into movie news august 29th worldsfinest.com is reporting that there are two animated batman films already set in place by warner brothers one of them is entitled Superman Batman, uh, Public Enemies, and the other one is another Batman solo title. Now, is that Superman Batman going to be based off of the uh, comic series? Because wasn't there one called Public Enemies? There was. I haven't really... The, the problem is that the, really the only information that came out of it was that that's the title. That's it. I mean, they didn't really elaborate on anything... Most likely, they have the Wonder Woman movie coming out in January or February, I believe. And after that one, might be the Superman-Batman one. But even if it is, it's not going to probably come out until the very earliest next October. So, mm-hmm. Well, that'd be interesting. I'd, I'd be willing to see that if you guys remember. That was a story where Lex Luthor was the president, and he put together a cadre of supervillains to go after Superman and Batman. That'd be fun to see uh, on the television. Yeah, I'll, I want to see it. On August 31st, The Dark Knight surpassed $500 million, and surprisingly, it was number four in the box office that weekend, which I think it went up in the numbers. I'm not remembering for sure, but I think it went up. It made it actually a decent amount of money over Labor Day weekend, which made it surpass Like 515, right? Like, I think 515 million that weekend? I don't think it made 515 million that weekend. That would be a big weekend if it made 515 alone on that. No, I mean, like, an extra 15 million. It made an, an extra 15 million. Yeah, that I mean, I don't doubt that Apple's continuous uh, visits to the theater may get up there, but that's a little too high even for you. I'm taking a loan against my house, so that way I can still see the dark money. <laughs> Why don't you, if that's the case, you should just buy a movie theater. So that way you can always play it. Now, currently, The Dark Knight is sitting at $517 million. I know, I'm pretty sure it added probably about $15 million that weekend, I think. But it only, right now, it only needs uh, $82,320,001 to beat Titanic's record. Very good. Come so, on, Bat fans, unite. Let's go out to the movies again. <laughs> it's not that far. It's not that far away. Yeah. Nope. All right, so on September 3rd, Guy Pierce, which some of the Bat fans would know, uh, Guy Pierce was uh, the character in Memento, which was Christopher Nolan's very first movie. He said in an interview that he would up he would uh, be up to doing a Batman film. And the title of the article basically said that he finally wants to do a Batman film. It's a well-known fact that he has good contacts with Christopher Nolan because they did the Christopher Nolan's first movie star, Guy Pierce. So I'm kind of interested because if anybody goes out there and looks online to see what Guy Pierce looks like, I could see him as Riddler. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I I can I can see that also in and hopefully, you know, um, oh man, it would be so tight, but it's still too early, but oh man, to see him as a Riddler, I can see it. I could see it, and I, I'd, honestly, I'd like to say that I'd rather see him play the Riddler than Johnny Depp. It'd be interesting to see how, you know, if he, if it ends up being that, 
I could see that very easily, and I think that Guy Pierce having to already be in the Nolan gang, as as we've uh, said before, how it's very similar to Judd Apatow about the same people working with the same people. I could see Guy Pierce somehow getting in on a Batman movie just because he's already in the Nolan gang, so we'll just have to wait and see. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost a wheel, and the Joker got away. Also on September 3rd, according to Blu-ray.com, The Dark Knight is coming out on December 16th. That would be Blu-ray and normal DVD. That's all the details we have so far. That would be contradicting earlier reports that we said that the movie would, could possibly could be coming out in, in November. Yep. I think I think they moved it. I get. I guess they have some sort of plans, and I think they're trying to keep it close to that uh, that Oscar uh, voting time. I guess you could kind of say. Yeah. I was thinking about Christmas. Maybe they'll have uh, Christmas television commercials with Santa with Joker makeup uh, coming down the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I could, I could see something like that. Maybe in an Else World. Scaring kids everywhere. On September 4th, Aaron Eckhart did an interview for his upcoming movie Towelhead with MTV, and during the interview, he basically stated that his character is dead. So, contrary to what we said in the last podcast about, or the last podcast or the one before that, about possibly him not being dead, he was basically told by Christopher Nolan that his character is dead and that there's no way he's coming back. Now, that could just be all part of the plan, but I'm pretty stuck on the fact that I think his character really is dead. Yeah, Because it was in the script, right? In the book? Yeah, in the yeah. script, it said that his character was dead. And I guess the way that Aaron Eckhart asked Nolan at some point, so can I come back for the next one? And Chris Nolan said, that's not possible. Your character's dead as a doornail. So, so you're <laughs> saying there's a chance. <laughs> he's, he's saying there's a chance. <laughs> hey, you know, retrospect, maybe, you know what I mean? Going back in memory, so... <laughs> On September 5th, uh, Dark Knight became the top first-run IMAX movie of all time, surpassing Polar Express. Currently, it's sitting at $55 million worldwide for the box office, which a lot of people are attributing the Dark Knight's success in the box office because it's making so much money in the IMAX. When uh, Polar Express came out, it didn't do as good as it did in the IMAX. IMAX, it was really doing great. So a lot of people are attributing the Dark Knight's success to the fact that it's on 101 IMAX screens across America and 41 IMAX screens internationally. So as of September 7th, the Dark Knight last weekend added, an, or not last weekend, but the weekend before that added another $17.5 million worldwide, bringing its total up to $949.4 million, which right now it sits on the seventh, at 7th seventh place for the all-time worldwide blockbuster list. Oh, we're almost to $1 billion. <laughs> and we will probably hit $1 billion by the end of the month, because I know that a lot of the, uh, some of the countries had a later release date, so that could attribute, not, not as late as now, but it'll attribute to it partly. It's almost enough money to make another Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> so on September 11th, Warner Brothers put out a release basically saying that they plan to release The Dark Knight in January, the height of the Academy Awards voting season. And a source said it's just a matter of bringing it back as a reminder for people. 
Warner Brothers, Warner's domestic distribution president, Dan Feldman, acknowledged ongoing talks with IMAX executives about the prospect of restoring the film to some number of giant screen venues in January. It's uncertain if The Dark Knight will also reappear in conventional theaters at that point. My theory is that if it goes back in IMAX and it has another push, it really probably could surpass Titanic. Oh, I hope so. I really Sink do. the ship! Sink the ship! Yes! <laughs> and... And as everybody says, Warner Brothers... Alright, so that brings us down to TV news. On September 3rd, it was announced that in Canada, the final season of The Batman, airing on Teletoon, premiered on the weekend of the 5th. So, if you're a Canadian listener, the last season that we experienced last year, or earlier in the year, is is already premiering catch those episodes on Teletoon. What's going on in there? Looks like they've got a case of bat infestation. In the latest issue of Toy Fair, there's an article about the new TV series, Batman Brave and the Bold, and I'm going to tell you some of the excerpts from the article, um, and you can form your own opinion, but I'm afraid it reinforces some of our worst fears about the show as Batman takes yet one more step backwards from the maturity he's reached as a character so far. As we know, Diedrich Bader is going to be the voice of Batman, and some of you may know him more from the show, The Drew Carey Show. No, he was not the smart one. There were no smart ones. <laughs> yeah, he was Oswald. But some of the interesting excerpts from the article, he was actually approached to do the voice of Batman by the dialect director, and he was pitched the role by the phrase, we're doing a spin on Batman where he actually has a sense of humor. <laughs> So, I'm afraid, um, and some of our listeners may appreciate that, but there's going to be other characters on the show. Each episode will feature a different uh, guest star. Some of them will be recurring, uh, but one was mentioned, Aquaman, and he's definitely going to be a different Aquaman than any of us have ever heard of. Uh, for instance, uh, Bader explains what he's like on the show by saying he's really theatrical and is really fabulous. He always names his adventures like, I'll call this one the blah, 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 blah. So there's a little bit of his personality we can expect. In describing Batman, he says the Batman is actually a character that Bruce Wayne plays in order to save the world. And I mention this because we come to understand Batman as being the real person and Bruce Wayne as the mask. And then whenever Bader said this, it made me think they're going the opposite way by saying the Batman. Batman is actually a character that Bruce Wayne plays in order to, you know, save the world. Uh, the idea was to take that voice of Batman's and make it funny. We do it with a sense of irony and dryness. Hopefully it will be good. Yeah, hopefully. A lot of the humor from the show comes from the guest stars, however. So that could be interesting. He talks about different guest stars on the show. For one, Blue Beetle is on with the same episode as The Huntress. Blue Beetle is smitten for the Huntress, and Bader explains, So he's asking Batman for advice, and it turned out really funny. He's like a little kid asking advice from the big guy. It's hilarious. Listeners will make up their own minds. He's asked, Do we get to see Gotham or the Batcave? And Bader explains, Oh yeah, we get to see some Batcave action. We also go back in time and go to other dimensions. We go to alternate universes. We get around. So, Batman, Zernar, here we come. And lastly, I will say that Bader mentioned that this is his favorite role so far, um, so he's very into the role. And for a lot of you longtime cartoon Batman fans, the voice of Blue Beetle will actually be played by the same fellow who did Batman in Batman Beyond, who played the young Batman, Will. So that's some interesting news. That's a ray of hope in the dark cloud that is the humorful, the funny, the hilarious Batman Brave and the Bold. Okay, and I just have something to add on to that. Um, on September 8th, World Finest um, posted an updated character roster for the series, 
Um, some of the allies are going to be Adam Strange, Aquaman, the Adam, Black Canary, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Dead Man, Doctor Fate, Firestorm, Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern Corps, Guy Gardner, Huntress, Justice Society of America, Jonah Hex, Commandi, Metamorpho, Plastic Man, Red Tornado, and Wildcat. And some of the opponents that have been listed so far are Black Manta, Calendar Man, Cavalier, Clock King, Gentleman Ghost, Gorilla Grodd, Emerald Empress, Ocean Master, Kite Man, Kanjaro, and Zebra Man. And my overall opinion of this is, I think that they are basically taking, I mean, it's entitled The Brave and the Bold, so it kind of makes sense, but it seems as if they're trying to go for the late Gold Age, Middle Gold Age era of Batman, where he's, you know, he travels through the different dimensions, and he travels to different planets and stuff like that. Yeah. We'll enjoy it for what it is, but we'll, kite man. <laughs> yeah, we'll still at least we still have our animated series on DVDs. And we can look back and enjoy those. This will be a different chapter in the Batman life. Yeah. So Harvey, what became of the giant Benny? They actually let him keep it. All right, so that brings us into book news. On September 24th, Batman Black and White Volume 3 comes out. This volume, collecting stories from Batman Gotham Knights number 17 through 49, quite a few. It's offered at DC Standard Trim Size, going to be 288 pages, and a softcover for 20 bucks. Have you guys any insight onto those issues? Yes, Gotham Knights is, is a great series. The one thing that I'm not I'm not particular about is Gotham Knights is one of the good ones that the color really makes a difference. So the, having them in the black and white volume, mm, I'm kind of iffy about. It. I have to wait till I see it. Yeah, that's that marked me as strange too because I knew they were in color. Yeah, the the Gotham Knights. Oh man, the the guys who do the com, the computer coloring on that thing are awesome. They have to be one of the the top ones in the industry right now. They got hosed. On September 24th, Green Arrow, Black Canary, The Wedding Album. Green Arrow and Black Canary are ready to exchange vows, but can they make it down the aisle alive? This new hardcover collects the wedding special and the first five issues of the Happy Couple's hot new series and guest stars the Justice League of America. It's going to be 176 pages, hardcover for $20 as well. Alright, so that brings us into video game news. Okay, on to video games. We have a couple of things. Uh, first off, Joystick actually had announced that the roster for uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC. And what we have so far, and what it looks so far, that it's not fully confirmed the lineup, but these are most of them. For the Mortal Kombat, you have Baraka, Jax, Kano, Katana, Liu Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Shang Tsung, Shao Kahn, Sonya, and Sub-Zero. Now to the DC Universe. We have Batman, Catwoman, Darkseid, Deathstroke, Flash, Green Lantern, Joker, Lex Luthor, Shazam, Superman, and Wonder Woman. They also posted uh, some of the achievements that are going to be on there. So uh, we'll go ahead and provide a link to the joystick uh, website on that one, guys. Welcome to Arkham. Also, all major gaming websites, IGN, Joystick, and GameSpot, all received the, the exclusive pictures, what they thought they were going to receive, but these were the exclusive pictures from the Game Informer magazine that we last told you on the last podcast of Batman Arkham Asylum. 
And so uh, you can see the computer graphics for this video game. And one of the pictures on there is one like of Killer, of Killer Croc. It look, he almost looks like Hulk-ish, maybe kind of like Pit kind of style. And Batman has to look up at him, which is a real cool take on it. I actually really kind of dug it. Did, were, did you guys were able to see that picture? Yes. Not that one. Yeah, it was a real cool picture. And you can go, we'll go ahead and provide a link, but go ahead and view the screenshots of the video game. Real awesome. The Joker looks, you know, pretty wicked. I like that. Imagine that, sir. Huh? What? Someone dressed up in a frightening costume, running around scaring people. What will they think of next? GameStop is actually right now already taking pre-orders for Batman Arkham Asylum. What they have as a, as a pre-order ship date is actually August 3rd of 2009. Okay, of course, it's going to be released on Xbox 360 and PS3, all major systems. But what's interesting is that when you go here to go ahead and pre-order the video game, it actually has a, a link underneath there where it says where you want to be a permanent resident in Arkham Asylum. What it is and what they're offering is actually a contest for you to have your look. If you go ahead and just fill out the information, it, of course, you know, it's regular name, address, email, and you don't have to pre-order it, guys. You can just enter your inform information regularly, but you can have a chance to win to actually come out on the video game. So yeah. in next year's Back in Arkham Asylum, you can actually view your pretty little face on there. That's awesome. <laughs> now, where yeah, do they go so to do cool. that? Where do they uh, go to You can go to... Uh, GameStop.com. Go ahead and put in Batman uh, Arkham Asylum. Look it under PS. I mean, for the under look under PS3 or Xbox 360. Um, even we, I believe, is coming up for the Wii also. Just go on and look underneath there. When you go look, look down further down the page, there's going to be a link where it says "Want to be a permanent resident in Arkham Asylum?" and it says, "Let's put a smile on that face." Oh, and that awesome. link actually t takes you to the page to fill out your information. Okay. What are you? I'm Batman. Coming this week is the new, long-awaited Lego Batman video game. So we've been dying to play that video game. And uh, reviews should be coming out pretty soon, guys. So stay looking on the video game websites for uh, for reviews. But, of course, all Batman fans, we don't care about that. We just want the video game. Talking about the DC versus Mortal Kombat, I'm excited that they've got Darkseid. I, would, I wish they had a uh, battle mode where it was Darkseid versus everybody. And you just had an all-out brawl and had Darkseid with his true power up. I'm kind of disappointed that they don't have Doomsday. I really don't care about Deadshot. Oh, Deathstroke. man, you know, I'd like Doomsday. Dooms yeah, Doomsday you should have brought out on that. I wish that they had Harley Quinn for the game. That would be awesome. But what's interesting is the fact that they have more Batman characters than anybody else. That is interesting. Come Maybe on, now. We all knew Captain. that was coming. <laughs> Yeah, he is more, he is more, uh, you can work with him more on his character roster than you could anybody else. But it's going to be fun being Green Lantern as well. Oh, yes, exactly, Chris. You know, besides uh, Batman, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, so, oh, can't wait to even play with Green Lantern. It'd be great if one of the unlockable characters was Crypto the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm surprised is that they haven't brought out Aquaman. Aquaman's a... You know, he's one of those, you know, statured guys within D.C., so, you know. But then again, it's not the final roster, but that's, they, according to them, most listed, that's what's coming out in the video game, so. You understand this will be my most favorite game ever if there's an unlockable code or a bonus feature where you unlock one of Batman's costumes being the one, the only, Azrael Batman with Knives costume? No comment. I will buy, I will buy every version. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't think uh, Midway will go ahead and do that. Uh, simply on the fact that they want to make a cool game. That would work, <laughs> That would that would top the charts. That game would surpass Titanic sales alone. Just maybe not. maybe in a Zer and R universe. Yeah, Zer and R. That'd be cool. Sources close to Pandemic has said that they are not working on a Dark Knight video game. And what I was discussing with Dust is that it might not be called the Dark Knight, but they are working on a Batman video game. So just pay attention to the wording in that. <laughs> so says Apple. I still remain skeptical. We're pulling. We're pulling the strings. We're unraveling right. everything to just get the one good string. Yeah, Are you maybe someone from Pandemic will call us or write us and just tell us, okay, look, guys. <laughs> Pandemic, are you making a Batman video game? No, we are not making a Batman video game. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> the jig's up, Pandemic. <laughs> I'm just that kind of guy. I know mine's the best. Apple, I'm surprised you didn't tell them the uh, big exciting news that for Arkham Asylum, the voice of the Joker is going to be the one, the only, Mark Hamill. <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot to mention that, didn't I? That is great. Well, you know, at least at least they know where to go. <laughs> at least they know who the true Batman fans are. Exactly, and they're keeping it like that, so... And adding to further news on the what was the Dark Knight video game, GameSpot.com have posted an interview, and we'll go ahead and provide a link. Uh, they interviewed EA's president, John Riccatello, a uh, uh, course about the, the Dark Knight. They had asked him any news on the Dark Knight, and he actually says, uh, we have no news uh, to announce specifically right now on that. So I'm, I'm telling you guys, they, they I think they changed the name. I, th- I believe that they're changing it to a Batman video game, and the only reason why is... During this interview, he also mentioned that uh, he's not approving any more games unless they have multiplayer options available for it. So I'm purely speculating right now, okay, that when they started the Dark Knight video game, it was probably going to be a one-player option for the video game where you play the story. I believe they saw games like Grand Theft Auto with open world, multiplayer uh, matches, I mean not matches, but multiplayer options, and they saw more growth out of that kind of video game. And so I think they went back and they said, look, the video game's not going to be ready by the time the movie comes out. Let's go ahead, uh, we'll call it, you know, it's going to be called Batman something. Let's get multiplayer in there, let's do a total open-ended world, and we'll bring it out when we bring it out. I mean, they, we've already got confirmations from Commissioner Gordon himself. Gary Oldman. You know what I mean? So, Gary Oldman has said that he's already done some some voiceovers. So, I mean, like I was telling Chris last podcast, you don't throw money away at something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it can be possible that we're maybe looking at a totally new name Batman video game with multiplayer. So that's all we have for video game news. Now, guys, if, if you are current developers or you know someone that's on the inside and has a scoop, hey, if you want, just email us, Podcast at yahoo.com. Email us information. 
if you want to be named, we'll name you. If you don't, we'll keep you anonymous. And just try to provide any information you can on any Batman news related to video games if you can. So just hit us back, guys. Have you shipped a million of those things? Yes, sir. Ship them all. We're going to take them out a whole new door. That brings us over to merchandise news. So on September 1st, probably was announced earlier than that, but I found out that McDonald's currently starting uh, on the September 15th is having, I believe it's September 15th, is having McDonald's, uh, in their Happy Meals, they're going to have Lego Batman video game toys. So this kind of ties in with the release for the game on the 22nd. It ties in with that. There's going to be a total of eight different choices Helicopter with the Joker, Batmobile, a bat boat, and then Penguin's going to have some kind of penguin boat. The toys look kind of interesting. Most of the vehicles, all they all have some kind of action that you can shoot stuff from. And characters, Mr. Freeze, Batman, Robin, and Joker. So that is that news. When the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. As of... September 3rd, it was announced that the Bruce Wayne Real Action Hero is going to be released, so you can check that out. We'll provide a link for that. And we're just going to run down the releases for the 17th that are coming out. There's going to be All-Star Series 1 is going to include a Batgirl and a Batman figure. That's based on Frank Miller's, which we'll talk about Frank Miller a little bit more in the feature, but that is based off of All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Do they have uh, pull strings in the back where if you pull them and they start saying cuss words continuously? Unfortunately not. Oh, I hope so. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. DC pulled them before they could make it to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred, let's go shopping. Yes, sir. All right, so then the other thing is that uh, it looks like the Dark Knight movie masters Batman and the Dark Knight Movie Master Scarecrow is going to not be re-released, but I guess more of them are going to be coming out, so you can still try to find those and pick them up. So that would be all of the merchandise news that we have. Alright, so that brings us to listener Q&A. Anyone else want to go? The first one we have is from Matt, who is, is a long-time listener. He says, hey guys, this is Matt from Virginia again. I just got done with the new podcast and another great one. Keep up the good work. But the reason I'm writing is about the Batman 3 movie rumors about Johnny Depp as Riddler and Angelina Jolie as Catwoman. Even though I'm a big fan of Johnny Depp, I've seen almost all of his movies, I don't like the idea of him as the Riddler. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think he could play the Riddler. If you have seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you know he's a great at acting. I just think he's not hes not the right guy for the role. The same for Angelina Jolie. I mean, I'd love to see how she would look in that outfit, but I don't think that she's right in that role. I really don't know who should play those roles, but what I'd like to see in Batman 3 is either Riddler or Catman with Black Mask or the Mad Hatter. But like I think Chris said, it's a little little too early to talk about Batman 3. And for the spotlight character, I was hoping to do Killer Moth. Anyway, thanks for taking the time to read this. I can't wait for the next podcast. Again, keep up the good work. So in response to that, Matt, we are doing Killer Moth this episode, so you got your request. Thanks for emailing us. Um, what's your guys' comments about Black Mask or Mad Hatter? That would be strange to see the. Mad I would like to see. I would love to see Black Mask. I could I see. see I, I could really Mask. like Black Mask. Both of them could work. Uh, Chris Nolan's uh, universe, because Matt Hatter is all about technology, mind control technology. Both of them would work, but I'd rather see Black Mask just because it'd fit into the gangster side. Mm-hmm. I would. 
I think Black Mask is still too new, and for the audience in general, they would hear that and go, why, why are they using that? Did they come up with that on their own? Why don't they use a Batman villain? I don't think, I don't know if it would fly with the general audience, and I've never been a big fan of them. See, I, I think it's I think it's time that we explore these other villains, much like Scarecrow. Scarecrow really didn't get much, as we we use like sports term, he didn't get much playtime. He didn't get much playtime. Christopher Nolan thought something in that character. If Christopher Nolan can somehow see Black Mask and how Dustin was talking about about the gangster side, right now all the gangsters are down. They're hurting. They need a new leader. Black Mask can come fit in inside of Batman Three. So. I can I can really see that happening, and I would really love to see that happen. Actually, Red Skull wannabe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our next one. I'm probably gonna pronounce his name wrong, and I apologize if you're listening. But Vu wrote us an email saying that he posted our podcast on GeorgePerez.com. Um, we'll provide a link over to that website so that you can check out that website, uh, mainly because we mentioned George Perez's uh, statue, black and white statue that came out right before the last episode. So thank you, Vu, for getting the word of the Batman Universe podcast out there. Yeah. Longtime listener, uh, listener Miranda sent us an email, and we actually went through... Some of our email in the comic cast, if you haven't listened to that, hopefully all you comic fans that were complaining about the movie news were trying to give you something back, and we put out a comic podcast, so take a listen of that and let us know what you think, um, but Miranda, uh, she had a comment that she wanted to express to us that I wanted to read, and it said, she said, I really enjoyed hearing your opinions on The Dark Knight in episode 15. Or episode 16, and I th- and I want to thank all three of you for stating that you do not feel that the role of the Joker should be recast. There's a lot of talk about these days, about this this these days, and I was glad to find out that I'm not alone in feeling the way I do. Not only do I think it would be a borderline disrespectful to Heath Ledger's amazing performance, I don't think anyone could top his Joker, at least not in Nolan's series. Maybe someday in another series we will see another Joker, and it might be as good or better than Ledger's, but for my part, I'd rather not see the character again in the Nolan's universe. So, Man, that, that would be really so hard for someone to come in and even attempt to fill those shoes. Yeah, the character's been done, time to move on, do other things. There's only so many movies you could make. Yeah, bring out Black Mask, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> The next email we have is from uh, Spencer, and it said, and his comment that we were going to read says, I was thinking that it would be totally incredible if we could get all the Batman fans out there to just go see The Dark Knight just one more time, so that we could possibly have a chance at beating Titanic. It would be so awesome. Anyways, I'm praying that Christopher Nolan comes back to direct another Batman film. I think he will, but I could be wrong. We think he will too, but we could be wrong too. Um... But he brings up a good point. Go see Dark Knight one more time, but I still think there's a good chance that we could surpass it with it possibly being re-released come December or January, as reported earlier. So, Yeah, Yeah, get it out to the... If they plan on re-releasing it back out on uh, on IMAX screens, 
hey guys, you know, let's let's start it up right now in the community. Let's let's all go do and go see it once again. That that day it comes right back to IMAX. Get the word out. Let's go, and we're out to be Titanic. All right. So the next one is a first time emailer, I guess you could call it, and it's from Savannah, and they say. Great show, guys. I need a Batman source. Thanks for going above and beyond. Your discussions are fascinating, and the comic reviews are helpful for those of us who don't buy all the issues. I love the character spotlight about Harley. I didn't know about the Ar Arlene Sorkin background. That's pretty funny. Or Joker paying her college bills in Confidential. Haha. -ha. About Two-Face in the Dark Knight, I think you were right about being on the cutting room floor. I read that Aaron Eckhart had studied multiple personalities, and you don't see anything of this in the movie. So I think hope that it's in in deleted scenes as far as i've heard there's a lot cut savannah and the ps here's one star wars fan that's willing to admit defeat like from a masterpiece like the dark knight but <laughs> gone with the wind really may the force be with you so thank you savannah for writing us um to comment on that i i actually emailed her back stating that i believe that it wasn't didn't we report in a very early podcast that the original runtime was like close to three hours yes yes we did so that's basically that cuts they basically cut out a half hour of the movie the personality thing could have been something that they could have cut out just to get to get it moving a little bit more my only my quarry is that i really hope that they're not doing what uh, marvel's doing with incredible hulk incredible hulk was another movie that was really long that they chopped a lot out to get it down to a reasonable length. And the the Blu-ray and the DVD are coming out in a couple weeks. And they're not coming out with any of the deleted scenes. So hopefully all the stuff that got cut, Christopher Nolan or whoever's deciding on what goes on the Blu-ray or DVD, decides, hey, this is what I really intended it for it to be. I want to make this an option that you can watch it the way I want, like a director's cut. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes, I, I want to see those extra 30 minutes in, especially if it has a Joker in there. Oh, man, I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so that is all of our uh, listener Q&A. As always, you can email us, batmanuniversepodcast at yahoo.com. You can go to MySpace, leave a message, leave a comment. You can go to iTunes, leave a review. You can go to Podomatic. BatmanUniversePodcast.Podomatic.com You can leave comments or podmail on that. Basically anything that you send us and we'll make sure to read the, the very best of what we get out for everyone to read. That brings us into the spotlight character, which is Killer Moth. So Chris is going to tell us all about Killer Moth. Well, you've heard of killer bees, killer whales, many ferocious things. And in deciding for their next bat villain, they decided, if you were going to do something killer, let's do it a killer moth. Yeah, that's a great Yeah, idea. yeah. <laughs> moth is like moth kill. <laughs> <laughs> he was originally entitled to be the archenemy of Cotton Man, but that comic book got canceled and so he went over to Batman. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> uh, he is definitely a fictional character exclusively to DC Comics never before seen in well until now uh, never before seen in an animated show or anything else but as we said the brave and the bold he will be there in all of his mothiness. 
He first appeared in Batman number 63, published in 1951, when killer moths were a little more intimidating than they are now. Killer moth, the scourge of all innocence and striking fear into the hearts of citizens everywhere, originally wore a garish costume with striped purple and green spandex. You heard me right. An orange cape. And not to be confused with Joel Shoemaker's usual attire, he also wore a moth-like mask. <laughs> Welcome back, Joel. Yeah, that's your Joel Shoemaker quote of the week. For the podcast. Yeah. But Killer Moth is not to be confused with another Batman villain, the Firefly, a much more respectable villain, uh, yes. who has worn a similar costume. And if any of you guys collect Toy Fair, I believe last month's issue actually featured that Killer Moth character coming out for the DC line based on the Justice League show. So you can all get your Killer Moth goodies. The original Killer Moth, yes, the original, there have been others, is a prisoner identified only by his prison number, 234026. While in prison, he reads a newspaper article about Batman and decides to set himself up as the anti-Batman, hiring himself out to Gotham City's criminals to help them elude capture by police. Upon his release, he uses the hidden proceeds of his crimes to build a, I'm not kidding, moth cave. That is scary. Modeled on the photos of clothes. No, I'm kidding. Modeled on the photos of the Batcave in a a newspaper article he read. I thought that was really interesting that back in the day... The Batcave was in the newspaper articles of Gotham City. I guess Batman was a little more open to the public. It, it was a little bit more freer back then. I'm pretty sure Wayne Enterprises bought that newspaper and destroyed all of the archives so that that information can never get back out. You know, I, I thought you were going to say the original uh, Killer Moth was going to be uh, John Paul who uh, came back to play, you know, Azria. No, no, no. <laughs> He's much more respectable than that. <laughs> Killer Moth also establishes a false identity as millionaire philanthropist Cameron Von Clear. In this guise, he becomes friends with Bruce Wayne. Meanwhile, he promotes himself to Gotham's criminals using his identity as Killer Moth, giving them hysterical fits of laughter. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I should have said <laughs> Giving them each an infrared moth signal. Yes, he gave them each an infrared moth signal for any time they might need him. In his first job, he rescues some criminals from the police and then uses his... Stop laughing. Mothmobile to <laughs> defeat and capture Batman and Robin. Definitely nothing like the Tumblr. The duo escape and lead Killer Moth to a climactic battle on Gotham Bridge, which ends when the villain plunges 1,000 feet into the river and disappears. In his second appearance, which was Batman number 64, still in 1951, this time in March, Killer Moth kidnaps Bruce Wayne and learns his secret identity. However, he is shot by other criminals for being too ridiculous, and the resultant cranial injury caused amnesia. He remains a persistent enemy appearing throughout the Silver Age of comics. He is frequently remembered as being the first criminal... Batgirl Encounters in Detective Comics number 359. There was another Killer Moth in the 1990s in the post-crisis continuity. Killer Moth's real identity is revealed as Jury Jump Walker. Off. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. Which Jury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jury Walker, an unsuccessful criminal who no one takes seriously. He again adopts the false identity of Cameron Von Clear and the persona of Killer Moth to fight Batman. This version first appears in Batman Shadow of the Bat, number 7, 
which was in December of 1992, with the more detailed origin appearing in Batgirl Year One. In Shadow of the Bat, Killer Moth sets up a team called the Misfits. Think of the YMCA people. Comprising second string Batman villains such as Catman and Calendar Man to make another kidnap attempt on Bruce Wayne as well as other prominent citizens. This team proves unsuccessful, turning against Moth when they realize he plans to kill the hostages. He is one of the villains who sells their souls to the demon Neron in Underworld Unleashed, where he asks to become feared. He is metamorphed into a moth-like monster called Charax. As Charax, Walker resembles a vaguely humanoid giant brown moth. He consumes humans and spins cocoons to keep his prey in. In a later story, Charax begins laying hundreds of eggs, all of which hatch into duplicates of Drury Walker. Charax despises his progeny, but is unable to destroy them. Following his capture, these duplicates are taken into government custody. During an argument between various bodies as to what should be done with them, they attack a scientist and are killed. At around the same time, Oracle is confronted by a criminal named Donko Twag, who claims to be the real killer moth, the one she had defeated, and that Drury Walker had been an imposter. During a rant in which he claims they are going to be a team, she captures him in an energy cell and he seemingly disintegrates himself. In Infinite Crisis, Charax is ripped in half by Superboy Prime during the Battle of Metropolis and presumed deceased. Superboy Prime then becomes known as the greatest superhero of all time for doing this deed. A new killer moth appears in Batman number 652 during the Face the Face storyline, wherein he displays competence in hand-to-hand -hand combat and the ability of flight when facing Robin. He later appears working alongside fellow Gotham criminals Firefly and Lockup in the Gotham Underground Limited series. The identity and origins of this new killer moth remain unrevealed. Originally, Killer Moth has no superhuman abilities. He relies on the vast array of equipment he has developed. Killer Moth's range of gimmicks includes a Mothmobile, a Moth signal, and a steel line, which allows him to swing through the skies, with citizens mocking him hysterically on the streets. He carries a cocoon gun that fires a stream of sticky threads that can totally envelop a victim. The gun can also fire a grenade, so he is a serious threat. As Charax, he has superhuman strength, agility, and endurance, an exoskeleton that gives him some protection from physical and energy attacks and laughter, a set of wings that allows him to fly, and sharp claws. Charax secretes a sticky, acidic substance that can trap the strongest of men and dissolve their bodies. Killer Moth has appeared in the 60s TV show The Batman and Teen Titans. He has appeared in the video game Batman Beyond Return of the Joker and will appear in Lego Batman as a boss and a playable character. So we have not seen the last of the deadly Killer Moth. I'm going to get fluttering sounds to put in a sound effect. <laughs> Three muggers, two armed robberies. It's been a quiet evening. The night's still young. On to upcoming releases, September 17th, Batgirl number 3 of 6, Birds of Prey number 122, Robin number 178. On September 24th, as we mentioned earlier, Batman Black and White Volume 3, Batman Gotham After Midnight number 5 of 12, and Green Arrow Black Canary The Wedding Album as we mentioned earlier. Superman Batman number 52 on... October 1st, we have Batman number 680, we have Batman Strikes number 50, Detective Comics number 849, 
Nightwing number 149. So that's our uh, upcoming releases. That brings us to our feature. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. In this episode, we're going to talk, well, we're going to discuss what is with Mr. Frank Miller. <laughs> if you haven't heard the news because you don't really collect comics, you may as well, if you don't collect comics and you really don't care about comics, this probably isn't a feature that you're going to be interested in. But basically, Frank Miller, um, he's been known ever since he started this all-star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder series to use cuss words in his comics. Basically, on September 10th, all-star Batman and Robin number 10 was supposed to come out, and Frank Miller decided to swear a little more, I guess, than usual. Like candy at Halloween. He was giving them out left and right. <laughs> So, because of that, DC decided, he, he used words that he didn't use before, words that we are not going to repeat on this podcast. If you want to find out the words, just do a Google search on All-Star Batman and Robin. Just play a piece of PS3 for about five minutes and see what comes out of your own mouth. Ha, 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 ha. Alright, so anyway, um, we're not going to say the words that he used, but they were pretty, ex- I guess, uh, what's the word? Extreme? Racy? Yeah, extremely racy, and um, probably words that you would never hear anybody really say. I don't even think you hear a sailor normally say them. Definitely not a superhero. So. (laughs) Even on his worst day. So, basically what ended up happening was DC Comics decided that he went a little too far. They decided to black it out. We've seen pages of... Uh, scanned images of the pages that they put out or that was put out and DC tried to black it out but basically what I think ended up happening was they never actually viewed what they blacked out and they made it to the printer the printer printed them sent them out to the comic book shops and the comic book shops the day before received an email from uh, the distributor stating to destroy all copies of the comic because there was a printing error Basically, the blackout didn't cover up. You could still read what the words were, and... You blew it, you jerks! One of the pages that we saw, it was Batgirl and Black Canary talking back and forth, and there was more blackout spots than normal words. It made Jerry uh, Springer look like something you'd see on Christian programming in comparison. Yes. (laughs) The big news was that those comics were supposed to get destroyed. Now, the current news is that some comic book shops, supposedly did not receive that email saying don't sell them, and they either sold them or took them off the shelves to sell them themselves, and are raking in, currently the variant cover on eBay is going for about $65 a pop, and the normal issue is going for about $20 a pop. So, if you are lucky enough to get one, hopefully you didn't have to pay that much. Not everybody was that lucky. I was lucky enough to get both issues for the normal price that I would normally pay for them, because I have a awesome comic book guy. Some people, such as Chris and Apple, weren't so lucky. But the other news is that uh, supposedly the distributor of the comics is actually asking for fans to report the comic book shops that are selling the issues for a reward. I couldn't find out that by the time we're recording this right now, I could not find out any more information other than that. But it was brought to our attention by a longtime listener, Angel, that the comic book shops were offering rewards for fans to say who's selling the comic books. Okay, so the, not DC, but comic book stores are doing this, yeah. are asking for this. No, 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 no. 
the distributor of the comics, which I believe is Diamond. Diamond Direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Diamond yeah. Direct. I believe they're the ones who are asking fans to report the comic book shops who are selling these copies in order to get them back. Well, I doubt they're going to get them back, but I mean, this is going to be one of those issues that's going to be worth a lot of money very shortly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you're able to get in copies, send them in to the Batman Universe <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Attention, Chris and Apple. <laughs> I'm an agent of chaos. All right, so let's just shortly discuss uh, Frank Miller and what is going through his mind. Not only well, does I just found a bag of marbles right here, and I found them for him because I think that's what he had. <laughs> he lost all his marbles. Lost his marbles. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not not only does he make everybody wait six to seven months in between each issue, but then on top of that, he does these. You know he's, he uses cuss words so much that to the to the point where the issue has to be recalled. He should have been more careful. Now he's paid the price for his incompetence. I mean, what 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 could he possibly be thinking? I mean, obviously this is going to get some him to be a little newsworthy for a little bit. But does he really need it? You wouldn't think so. I mean, he's got the spirit coming out in December that is all is like his little baby. So I really don't understand why he needs this bad press about being so non-kid friendly, especially since this series is supposed to rival Marvel's Ultimate series. That um, you know, speaking on the on the spirit, and we'll tie this back to Batman. The spirit, I'm, I, he's helping out with the the story on that version, right? Which was originally Will Will Eisner's character, uh, the spirit, who actually Will Eisner actually went to high school with Bob Kane. The creator of Batman. Yes, he did. So a little factoid right in there. Small world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard you know the old adage. Um, there's no such thing as you know, a bad news is good news or whatever. Even bad news is is helpful for somebody that wants to sell. But you'd think he'd have a little more professionalism in this. It's like a I don't know. I get, I don't know what his previous image is with what he's done on other properties. If he's gone this extreme, I know he's always been a little controversial. But how old is he? Do we know about how old he is? He's not a youngin', that's for sure. I'm pretty sure he's in his either upper 40s or mid-50s, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think he's in his 50s. Not old enough. If if I'd say it, maybe even touching almost 60, I would say. We gotta find out about that. Yeah. Yeah, he's 51. 51. So 51's not really old enough for a debilitating mental disease to take place yet. Well, you can't use that excuse. Future disease maniac! Although, if you look at some of the interviews that he's done more recently and compare them to some of the interviews that he's done in the past, mm-hmm. it almost seems as if maybe something did happen. Did he have a death in the family or something? Some life-changing event that we know of? You know, maybe since he's getting all this attention, really, now from Hollywood, where where he's getting the respect now because of what he wrote has been transitioned to, you know, to film now, maybe he's just opening up. Maybe he's just letting it just all, you know, really come out and or just hang out, I guess. You can kind of say he's just letting it all out and... Maybe this is the result. He's like he he seems he has that uh uh what do you call it when you have um that uh car blanc is that that's what it's called? What is it? What are you you mean to you say? know when you have uh clout, I guess you can kinda of say. You know what I'm trying I kind to say? Of what you're yeah. You get it so much accumulate. Yeah, so that much car, car blanche or car blanche or whatever where you know, where he's he's already big so it's like 
Oh, I can't, I'm Frank Miller. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, he's got established fame, and he thinks, you know, he no longer works for anybody else. They're just privileged to work with him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're crazy. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I wonder if DC regrets hiring him, or if they still think, hey, this is great, we're selling it. And coming, you know, my only opinion is, this is definitely not the Batman that I want to read about, and the Batman that I would enjoy. The only reason this thing, I think, is selling is because of Jim Lee. But as consumers, we're probably not helping the problem at all by continuing to eat up all these issues <laughs> and buy them. I mean, it's hard not to because Jim Lee's art is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, He's it's the, amazing. His artwork yeah. in these books are amazing. You can't get enough of Jim Lee. But... You know what? Jim Lee and, and Frank Miller just... They just don't mix together, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 you're, you're seeing that in the way, and we've talked about these, about the books, of how it's been written and how the artwork goes. I mean, they're, they're just, they just don't mix together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know if he's getting a kick out of this Batman or if this is just his hardcore belief that this is the way Batman is. But especially with this latest issue with everybody throwing out cuss words like it's nothing. That's... Very poor choice of words. <laughs> That's against all of the concept of a superhero and, and the ideals of a superhero. and It's just, it's it's way too watered down of an idea. It's a very jaded view on people. Especially with uh, the women almost yeah. saying more swear, more cuss words than the men. Yeah, maybe he's channeling ex-wives or something. Who knows? part about this is despite all this controversy this all-star batman robin is dc comics highest selling title so that it's it's proof that you know we as fans are just really eating it up i mean this also has to do with everyone knows that these are worth money because it's frank miller and jim lee i mean that's like the best of both worlds right there combined yeah yeah because he's still very respected although that may be changing although i don't after all-star batman whatever else he does there's going to be a whole lot of hype and interest people are going to buy it just because he's he's become such an interesting person in comic books now let's not blow this out of proportion one thing I do want to do is uh, suggest all of you listeners email us at batmanuniversepodcast at yahoo.com and let us know what you think. Do you appreciate this version of Batman? Do you like it? Please give us your likes and your dislikes. Are you collecting the series because it's so anti-traditional view of Batman? Are you not collecting the series on purpose? But uh, give us your feedback as well. All right, so that pretty much wraps up everything that we really needed to talk about in regards to Frank Miller. Hang him! Shoot him! Hit him with a rock! For future features, I just want to let everybody know that we are actually on a future podcast going to be having an interview with Bill from BatmobileHistory.com. If you don't know what that website is, check it out. We'll provide a link, BatmobileHistory.com. And he's going to discuss basically everything that you could possibly want to know about Batmobile and the history of the Batmobile. If you have any questions that you want to that you want us to ask him, email us us those as soon as possible so that we can try to incorporate them into the interview that we're doing the interview slash discussion that we're doing with him very shortly after this podcast comes out. So make sure if you have any questions, get those into us. Also, we have another interview set up with um, Robert Greenberger, who uh, wrote the Essential Batman Encyclopedia that 
we are so highly we highly praise this book. It came out in June. It's basically this book is the best book you could possibly have when it comes to having to know anything about Batman. So if you don't have the book, pick up the book. But we're going to be doing an interview with him in an upcoming podcast too. So if you have any questions that you want to ask him or any concerns that you would like to make present to him based on you reading the book, let us know those. Email us those as well. BatmanUniversePodcast at Yahoo.com And we've got a bunch of other tricks up our sleeves that we're trying to make happen. So if you have any ideas or suggestions of what you'd like to hear about, email us and let us know those. If you happen to know somebody who's linked to something related to Batman and you think they should be on and get interviewed or have a discussion with us, let us know. Give us give us their contact information and we'll have them on the show. Gentlemen, and I use the term loosely. Alright, so that about wraps it up. This is uh, episode 17 of the Batman Universe podcast. This is Dustin. This is Chris. This is Apple. And we'll see you guys next time. Ah, what a day. <laughs>